0: My guest today is Nora Jones, the founder and CEO of Jelly, a company that focuses on incident response analysis. Nora, welcome to Software Engineering Daily.
1: Hi, Lee. Thanks for having me.
0: And Nora, it's, it's been a couple of years ago now since I first heard about Jelly, and, and I wrote an article about you, and I had Beth Long, who was your engineering manager at the time, as a guest on my own personal podcast, but first time for me having you on Software Engineering Daily. Now, this actually brings up uh, you know, two things. Well, first of all, I, I, remember thinking then that I really considered jelly to be what I would say would be the future of incident response. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to know now, you know, what's changed in the last two years? Are you headed that direction? Are you, are you, um, you know, what are you doing to, uh, to, uh, to improve incident response? But I, before I ask that question, I'd like to take a step back and just so all of our other listeners are aware of what's going on, why don't you tell us exactly what it is that Jelly does?
1: Yeah, and and you know, you hit the nail on the head. We are building the future of incident response. I um, So Jelly is a one-stop incident management tool, and I'll kind of take you through what that means in a second. but. Um, there is so much to be left on the table after a company has an incident. Um, and when I say incident, I mean anything that pulls you from your normal work for the day that we're hired requires high touches of coordination um, because it's ultimately a cost to your business. It's ultimately a cost to your productivity, to your engineering team. And so we really help you focus on maintaining efficiency and tight coordination um, in those kind of emergency moments. Uh, And so we do this through an incident response tool we have, which helps you coordinate with the right people, provides the right communication to the right folks, and that product is actually free. Uh, And then we have a post-incident product that helps you focus on Analyzing what happened in the incident and that product uh, is one of my favorite uh, parts of the jelly product and it drives you towards understanding more of what happened, but it helps you still focus on that efficiency. So we help you create that efficient post incident review, create that efficient timeline, but really focus on all the coordinative aspects that made the incident hard so that you can make it easier in the future. And we're really showing you those patterns and those analytics over time so that you can see how you're consistently improving and consistently
0: getting better cool yeah so i think it's it's definitely the last part is what you were focused on previously it's the first part that you you've added a lot uh since we last talked so why don't we go into that a little bit more why don't you tell us a little bit more detail about what it is you do during the incident to help
1: yeah so i mean during the incident you know it frequently falls on the sre to coordinate everything and they are trying to not only respond to the incident but they're trying to solve it at the same time and all meanwhile you know you're trying to keep track of time and everything that's going on i remember early in my career when i was um getting interviewed as an incident commander at a a previous company, I was having to fix the incident, um, figure out how to communicate with people, and then I was also getting asked how much time I thought had passed. And it's a lot of things to keep in your head at the exact moment as you're trying to solve this problem for the company uh, in a really efficient manner. Um, so what our tool does is it helps you stay focused on the thing that only you can do, which is respond to the incident. You know, you're know, you the only one that can solve this incident. And we help you keep, take care of all the coordination pieces, all the communication pieces. And we do this through um, a bot that we have in Slack today. Um, And so this bot integrates with PagerDuty, with JIRA, with Slack, with Zoom, uh, and integrates with all these tools that are seemingly disparate during the incident. And we're trying to give you this this home base so that you can respond effectively and keep all the necessary parties updated as to what's happening. Um, Some of my favorite parts of the tool that I haven't seen elsewhere, we have this notion of broadcast channels. So, a broadcast channel is anyone can kind of sit in the channel. Um, so, CTO, C suite, anyone that needs to stay updated on if there is an incident. And the only thing that happens in that channel is summaries of incidents that are currently happening and the status updates behind them. So, you don't have to join a thousand channels every time there's an incident. You just get the facts without having to scroll up and down, and you're keeping everyone updated and aligned. And then, My second favorite part of the product that I haven't seen elsewhere is this notion of stages. Um, So we are encouraging you to call an incident early, um, even if you're not sure if it's an incident yet. So we have um, investigating stages, identified stages, and pause stages. And so each of those three stages can say, hey, something's weird, I'm looking into it, Um, or hey, something's weird, and it's an incident, all hands on deck right now, and hey, Something's weird, but we've decided we're not going to look into it at the moment. Um, and so again, like keeping everyone posted on what's happening, and then the way that connects to our analytics platform is we're giving you data on all that stuff that's happening and showing you anomalous patterns within your organization. So not showing you what things should be, it's showing you, hey, here is your, you know, here's how it's normalized, and here's how it's deviating from the n- normalized curve right now. Um, yeah, and so it's, you know, it's a lot of really exciting stuff. We have a lot of really exciting stuff coming up with our IR bot, but I am so pumped that it's rolled out, and we're having a lot of startups and small businesses that are just starting to have incidents uh, getting a lot of value out of it.
0: So it's 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 a tool that works with Slack. So as an incident responder, you are managing Slack. You're managing communication with the 100 or Five or a hundred or how many ever people it is that are actively involved in it, but also the untold numbers of masses of uh, upper managers and other uninterested but not really involved parties that need to go need to know what's going on, but don't need to be actively involved. It keeps them all in the loop with what's going on without overwhelming them with with the little details. So you get to mark you know messages as broadcast this to everybody or here here's a group okay you five people you work on this part you five people work on this problem you can segregate your work that way but still keep everyone um in informed with what's going on in a a single unified way
1: exactly and we just make that we just make that part really easy for you. So you don't have, you're not having to like mark and do all that. It's just automatically happening um, based on what you're reporting and what you're saying in the product. So we found it really useful. I mean, we use it internally too. And I, you know, I'm the CEO of my organization and I don't have to leave the broadcast channel. I very rarely join the individual incident channel and it's like keeping me posted on just the facts of what's happening.
0: That's cool. Yeah. That's a big step. Uh, Forward from the olden days when I was doing it at Amazon, where we were we were still doing everything with voice. So we were having a um, you know these giant conference calls with people on mute and sometimes not always on mute, and they were supposed to be on mute but they weren't. You know, and all that sort of stuff going on. And Slack's a huge improvement by itself, but this sounds like a big step above just classic Slack because um, Slack still has the general problems of too many people talking and not enough information if you're not careful. And so this sort of tool kind of helps with that problem and leads, leaves you with focused conversations instead of the noisy conversations. Is that a fair statement?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's like, you know, I've been at organizations where I've been the incident responder and then, you know, Uh, A VP of Eng or a CTO will join a channel and everyone's response will start changing. And there's like different tenors of how folks respond to the incident based on who's in the channel, too. And so our focus is to just let this main channel be focused on responding. And that way you're not getting any DMs on the side or anyone kind of derailing the conversation and everyone's getting what they need out of it. You know, the CTO or the VP just wants to stay updated. The customer service representative wants to know when things are going to get back up. No one's going to want to be scrolling through channels. And then the SRE just wants to respond. They don't want to have to let everyone know everything. And so we're focused on keeping all of those parties updated in the way that they need to to be um, updated, so you know I've I've been on those giant video calls too, Lee. With you know that you were mentioning on Amazon, and like um, one thing that's interesting is even if there's not a lot of seemingly uh, known customer impact, like say you know the incident was all of five minutes and no customers noticed, so we didn't lose any revenue, um, but there were still three hundred people on the video call. That's still worth understanding and unpacking a little bit more and one of the things Jelly does is we show you those coordination patterns too because even if it was like you know a five-minute incident it still had 300 people that whose day got interrupted and that is something worth looking into because that has a cost on its own.
0: Absolutely valid point. I'd like to get back to that in a second, too. But I continuing the theme for a second of of the large number and who's involved. I like your comment you said, and I certainly have that experience as well, too. When you're an incident responder and suddenly your boss or your boss's boss or your boss's boss's boss comes on the call, the tenor of the conversation changes, definitely. But something else also happens, and that is people tend to start talking to the boss's boss versus talking to you. So you start losing control of the meeting. Then, you know, they're, you know, your, your boss's boss asks a question and you don't have the answer, but you could easily get the answer. But instead people start working with them and now the meeting has two managers, two owners, nobody knows who's in charge. Is he taking over the call or is she taking over the call or what's going on here? And so um, it's, it, that problem too, this helps with as well. They can ask their questions and keep focused by talking to you, the incident manager, without derailing anything that's going on with the incident itself.
1: Yeah. But they're also getting those constant executive level summaries. Like in, Most of the time when I've seen stuff like that happen in in my career as an incident manager is the CTO is not getting what they need. So they need that higher level of coordination. So they opt to join that call. Um, So we're really focused on getting them what they need so that they don't derail that conversation either.
0: Um, Right. It gives the tool for the incident responder to be able to give the information out so they don't get those interruptions. Yeah. Right.
1: Exactly. Exactly. That's and good. like, you know, we have this reminder of status updates, too. So even if a certain amount of time has passed and a status update hasn't happened, we will prompt the commander to do a new status update. or And they can set their own personalized reminders themselves, either for the CTO to go do something or for them to go do something. Um, yeah,
0: that's cool. That's good. That's yeah. good. OK, so that's the the side of the of the the active response, active incident management side. Now let's shift a little bit and let's talk about the uh postmortem side and what you do there. That's the classic jelly that I remember from 2 years ago, but I'm sure it's changed a lot there too. But what what specifically um after the incident is over, you go into the postmortem phase, what happens next?
1: Yeah. So jelly overall is really meant to be a home for all of your incidents and where the market is today uh, in tech is people are unfortunately trying to do a lot more with a lot less people. And they need to be constantly learning and relearning from the problems they've experienced over and over again, and now more than ever. And we're seeing that happen in the industry because people's teams are changing. But yet the incidents are still happening. And they're having to understand their expertise. They're having to understand previous incidents a little bit more. And they're having to solve them still efficiently. And so what the post-incident part of Jelly is, is like, and you'll notice um, a high value of it after you do a few incidents with our IR bot. After about three, you can go pop in jelly and you can see certain data points. Uh, you can see what technologies are commonly being used, what when people tend to jump in, like how long you waffle about before you bring more people into the incident. And so we're really trying to give you data points on Questions, you know, that you might want to ask about your incident from a coordination perspective so that you can improve it and get the right folks on call, get the right on call rotation in the future. But really, the tool is also focused on and it's similar to the incident response focus is that it's focused on. Helping connect engineers with the rest of the business so that they can advocate for what they need a little bit better. Um, So, like, you know, advocating for more of a follow the sun model, um, advocating for more headcount, advocating for buying a particular tool versus continuing to build it in house because the in house version is leading to a lot of incidents and so our goal is that you can slice and dice all that data without having to put in a thousand tags. You can just slice and dice all that data on your own because we're pulling it through how you're coordinating in Slack, through how you're coordinating in Zoom, how you're coordinating in PagerDuty and then we also help you pull your HR information so we can see where the reporting structures lie and we can map all the incident coordination to that as well.
0: Cool. So I see two different, but very much related, but two different angles here. One is the, we have an incident, let's analyze that incident so we know what happened with that incident. But also there's the, okay, we've gotten six months of incidents now, let's take a look to see what the trends are, what's changed. You know, what are we seeing? What's the commonalities? What are we getting better at? What are we not getting better at, et cetera? Those are two different dimensions and two different types of problems, but Jelly will help you with both of those. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. It's, it's all kind of related. I mean, we help you with the individual incident from start to finish, but when you get all of your incidents in jelly, you're really going to get a lot of value out of it because we're helping you understand those patterns now our goal is is that you know you have an incident even if you don't do anything with the incident we will still give you patterns and analytics behind that individual incident like showing you the people involved showing you if they've worked together before showing you various things like that but if you do do things with the incident um you'll get even more value out of it. And so if you do decide to do an incident review because wow, this incident kind of looks anomalous for our particular company, um, we have this tool called Narrative Builder that lets you build a timeline and an incident review, um, not only really fast and efficiently, but really effectively. Like we've noticed it's actually raised the quality bar leading to the action items that fall out of that incident review are more likely to be completed because the incident review is run and analyzed a little bit better than, than, you know, just using standard Google docs or, or what
0: have you. So, so walk us through the process. So an incident is finished and you're doing the postmortem. What steps do you have to do to, to do the analysis and to get, make this data available? You have to get data into jelly and tell us, go through the process of what you have to do to make that, make all that happen. Yeah,
1: that's, that's a great question. So, or what
0: Jelly does for you, too. That's you
1: know, Right, yeah, and yeah. you don't have to do anything to get the Jada and Jelly, so that's the beauty of using our incident response bot is as soon as you close the incident, Jelly's doing that work in the background for you. Um, so you essentially open up app.jelly.io, and we have a free two-week trial that you can uh, start via just going to app.jelly.io and signing in with Google Auth. Um, and then um, when you get there, you can see all the incidents that you have done with our Slack bot. Uh, And so um, anything that has been closed automatically gets ingested into jelly. And then you can click on the incident that you want to do an incident review for. uh, And we have a product called narrative builder. Now narrative builder looks at all the Slack channels that this incident was being talked about. in. so if it started over here and it ended over here, we will take both places. Uh, And we basically show we basically prompt you to say, Hey, Let's find where detection happened, where um, repair happened, um, where some key moments happened, and where diagnosis happened. And we prompt you to go pick and choose the places where those things happen. And then we give you this nice timeline showing you the segments of time, like here's where you spent time on diagnosis, here's where you spent time on detection, and also the people that were involved in them. And the real beauty of this, Lee, is that it like links to how people were talking. And so in a lot of post-incident reviews, I just see whoever wrote it kind of pontificating on, you know, in your standard incident review without jelly, I see people kind of pontificating like, Uh, yeah, we started this incident at 1023, customer service notice. Um, We reviewed it pretty quickly. Like, what do people actually learn from that? Our tool is focused on actually learning. And so when you say that, we prompt you to say, hey, where did that actual conversation take place? And so you're dragging and dropping those pieces of conversation as supporting evidence into each of those sections of the postmortem. And that's what becomes searchable across your incidents later. And so... If you want to get better at your console incidents, you know, I see too many times organizations are like, we need to improve this particular piece of technology because it's in too many incidents but they're not really understanding how or why. And so they almost repeat the same issue with a new piece of technology later on because they're not understanding how they coordinated around it. And by us linking those Slack conversations and what people actually said as evidence to these things, they're going to learn more. Um, And so it, it drags them as evidence. We have a nice little narrative builder that gives you this visual graphical representation that uh, and we don't charge per user, so anyone in your org can come in and collaborate, and ask questions around it, and comment on things, and converse with each other. Uh, and then you run a nice little incident review afterwards, if you choose to. Which by that point, we've given you this nice agenda for your meeting already.
0: Mm-hmm. So it's a it helps you organize your thoughts, helps you organize the response, and helps make the response more meaningful. And then it also gives you data that you can, that is um, usable in aggregate to get uh, trend analysis and those sorts of things as far as overall responsiveness of the organization, et cetera.
1: Yeah. And the idea is over time, you know, you can, you can get more of under, an understanding of which incidents are worth analyzing and digging into more and which, you know, feel like more standard pieces of work. But yeah, the idea is that you create that feedback cycle. So then when you have an incident in the future, you know how to coordinate a lot better. Like, wow, Lee really helped us last time in this incident. And I know that because I learned about it from Jelly. Or, you know, maybe you're a new hire and you're coming into this organization and you're using Jelly as an onboarding tool to see, you know, the the incident the top three incidents for your team and you can kind of learn from them and how they worked. Um, So really just creating that full-cycle feedback loop for folks.
0: I imagine a potential future use of that data as well, too. You've got all this data showing how incidents and who is useful and who is more useful and when they were brought in and why they were brought in when and all those sorts of things. You can imagine tools or or, uh, using that data to be able to say during a live incident, saying, hey, now might be a time to bring in so-and-so who has helped with this sort of thing in the past. And that sort of AI-driven data processing that can happen real-time and provide an incident responder real-time suggestions for what could help them based on previous history. Uh, is that there? Is that something you're looking at? Or how is how, how does all that Fit into this strategy.
1: Yeah, are, you, are you looking at our roadmap, Lee? How did you? <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's that's that's exactly what I want. You know, I I see too many incident tools that are getting sold that like are automating things that people are already doing, but it's not actually saving them time and efficiency and headache in the process. It's just automating something that might not actually be working for them. Uh, and so, what we're really trying to do is make that easier. And yeah, you know, we're. What we're doing is, you know, we're, we're grabbing how you talk to each other during the incident, which can be, um, as you know, Richard Cook says, how we talk to each other in emergency situations are the actual pointers to our technical issues in our systems. Uh, and so that's what we're
0: trying I like to do.
1: Yeah, that's what we're trying to show too, and create that connection, and um, and so yeah, show which people to bring in, show incidents that this sounded like in the past, based on how people are talking to each other, based on which graphs they're bringing up. Um, absolutely, Lee.
0: Oh, that's great. That's great. I'm I'm excited for that piece. I'm a I'm a huge fan of machine learning and some of the real uses for AI, not some of Me the hype do. issues. You. Hear about but some of the real uses and this is definitely in that category where the where AI can help you using history to make predictions and and suggestions for um for the now which is great that's a great use case for uh for ai and i'm I'm glad to see that so you know since the last time we talked we've had this major Uh, change that has occurred in this world. We had this thing called the pandemic and, you know, and, you know, in the olden days, I remember incident response, you'd still bring people into a room. You had the war room. Everyone came into the war room and did things and did work. And, and yeah, there'd be people that were remote and there'd be different, different groups. And yeah, you'd have video conferences and stuff, but video and communication other than talking was secondary to um, the communication that would occur within the room itself. At least that's the way it was with a lot of the incidents that I was involved with with New Relic and certainly maybe to a lesser extent, but also the same way at, at Amazon. But now you've got this much more remote workforce. And I imagine that, that um, you know, the pandemic's changed the way people build software, but I imagine it's changed the way that people do incident management as well. Now, can you tell me, is that true? And if so, what's changed and how are you adapting to that new way of doing things?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's remote-first incident management now, and this it changes a lot of stuff. And my colleague um, at Jelly, Emily Roop, actually just wrote a piece that we released last week on remote-first incident management. So um, I'd encourage folks that want more information on it to go check it out. But um you need tighter coordination, right? I can't just swing my chair around and look over Bill's shoulder and see that the graph he's looking at looks kind of funky. Um, you know, it's like we. One of the things I see more in the industry right now is people waffling about for a while before calling an incident. Uh, And so, one of the things that we're really trying to encourage with our tool is like (laughs) getting people over communicating when they see something weird and having a dedicated place for that. So, you don't feel like you're bothering people. Um, You're just kind of communicating these anomalies that are happening live and allowing for tighter communication and coordination. And so, what we're really seeing is this efficiency. Change and incidents uh, in the industry. Um, and I think companies need to be a little bit more aware of how they're incentivizing their organization to call these things early and have this tight communication because even if the customer impact isn't that great, it still derails the entire day if folks are not communicating and coordinating tightly. And so, um, and then I, you know, I see the need for hopping on a video call and, you know, integrating that with what's happening documented. I see the need for documenting more stuff because so much stuff happens on video calls now and then the information gets lost and forgotten. And even though we resolved this issue last week, all the all the people resolving it now are new and are just, you know, doing the same things we already went through. And so it's, you know, it's really a need for documenting stuff in a, in a common consistent
0: way as well yeah i was gonna say i actually see that as an advantage that you're you know the the remote first model has really forced the use of tools that can be tracked and so therefore uh you don't have you know you know, looking over your shoulder, pointing to something, and then that being the thing that solves the problem, but nobody knows that because nobody saw it. And now everything is is communicated in manners that can be logged and tracked and used as data to help figure out what the trends are in the future. So you you're getting more data than you ever did before. Um, in some ways, yeah, first.
1: but I think in the in the training portion of things, you know, incidents can be really used for training in a lot of ways. And now we have to, you know, as other people collaborating in the incident, you know, if someone's like, hey, I see the problem, we need to be curious about that. And we can we need to say how did you even get to that point where you like, what made you even go to this place to begin with? And, you know, that can prompt, and we should be asking these questions outside of the incident, of course, but like, you know, we can't see their whole thought process in the same way that we could when we were in person. And so it really escalates that need for those really good detailed questions on post-incident activities too.
0: Yeah. I- I love the phrase learning from incidents. You know, that's that really is kind of the the ultimate goal here, right? Is you you, you wanna resolve incidents, but you also want to learn from them. You wanna learn as an organization from the incidents, but also as as you say, as a training tool for new hires, et cetera. So speaking of learning from incidents, I understand you have a new conference coming up.
1: Yeah, we do. So in just a couple weeks, actually, so February 15th and 16th, we are running the first Learning from Incidents Conference uh, in Denver, Colorado. Uh, We have a really great group of speakers coming from... All over the industry, we have folks from outside of the industry that manage incidents in various industries too. That we have a lot to learn from, um, but we have folks from Indeed, Spotify, Zero, Honeycomb, um, NBC Universal, all over the place, kind of sharing how they're dealing with incidents and all learning from each other. Um, and you know, I really like that phrase as well, Lee. And I, I think one big part of this is even if you don't directly work in incident management, you are still impacted by them. Your day-to-day is impacted by them, even if you're not sitting on that incident review. And so I really encourage folks from all parts of software engineering to attend this conference um, because it's really not about the incident. It's about what we can learn from that and how it applies to our organization and our daily workflows later.
0: Great, great. Yeah, I've... I've very much looking forward to. Are are you going to have anything online after the conference is over that people can see who aren't able to to attend?
1: Yep. Yeah. We will have uh, videos uh, afterwards, but we do have a whole unrecorded track. So that's why I would encourage people to come in person where there's a whole segment of companies sharing their incident stories in all the juicy glory details that don't want to have it recorded. Uh, And we have some really great Companies that are coming to that that I won't I won't share, but I you know I I really do think folks would be interested in coming to attend.
0: Oh, it makes me want to be there. That sounds yeah. great. That it's sounds like company. yeah,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> Great. Well, cool. Well, thank you very much, Nora. It's great talking to you again. Let's not make it two years before we talk again. Uh, I agree. Let's talk again after, um, after, you know, your conference and after you yeah. went a little bit further here and, and love to hear more. And I, I I love the whole premise of what your company is doing and where you're headed. And, and it's, uh, I, I'm glad I was introduced to it and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what you do next. Yeah, it
1: was great. Great chatting with you, Lee. Thank
0: you. Thank you. Yeah. My guest today has been Nora Jones, who is the founder and CEO of Jelly, which uh, is a company that focuses on incident response analysis. Nora, thank you very much for joining me today on Software Engineering.